Hi, I'm Hannah. And I'm Tori. And this is Wait, Wait Why. Welcome back. We, exciting news, are in Costa Rica right now. Uh, <laughs> so we're recording from our Airbnb, but we have lots of updates we will give you guys in a later episode. Right now we want to jump into a super cool episode that we have um, our third part of our career series with Holly. So yeah, here we go. We're going to jump right in with Holly. All right, so welcome back to Wait Why and our career series part three. We are here with Holly, who is an English teacher in Seoul. Hi, Holly. Hi. Holly, was that, that was correct, right? We said no. Seoul. <laughs> no, okay. Um, Please correct so, us. Yeah, so it's actually Sosan. In English, it's spelled um, S-E-O-S-A-N. It's about an uh, like an hour and a half, two-hour bus ride outside of Seoul. Oh, okay, okay, okay. okay. I guess I just had that down for my international clock, the (laughs) time difference. True, true. Same time. Okay, cool. So you're in a more of like a town than a city, or like what is that setting like? Oh, girl, I am in a town. Um, It's pretty small. I thought that it was going to be maybe like a city, but every time I leave this town, I realize that it is a town. I actually took a day trip yesterday. Um, to a slightly bigger city and it's just like yeah no I live in a really small place wow yeah where I live is primarily I'd say it's the best place to raise a family there is nothing but families and really young couples everywhere so um, I mean it has its happenings but it's definitely I mean it's got the kids and that's about it (laughs) right yeah yeah I'm sure that's great being a single young woman (laughs) You know, it makes dating a little difficult. (laughs) Oh, you don't want kids? Yeah, bye. Bye. Sorry. (laughs) So can you, like, describe your job and maybe how and when you started teaching English abroad? Sure. So uh, I am an English teacher in Sosun. I have two schools, actually. Um, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, I'm at um, a school that's about... 40 minutes north of my city and then on Tuesday and Thursday I'm at a school that is 20 minutes east of my city. Um, I do spend a lot of time on the bus. I've gotten really into audiobooks. Uh, So I got here because uh, I was actually a marketing, a corporate marketing professional back in America Um, and I kind of thought that that was going to be it for me. I thought I was going to climb the ladder and be just that corporate bad bitch that me and all my friends thought I would be. But (laughs) I was actually really burned um, by two reputable companies. And I just realized I can't, I cannot do that path. Um, And I've lived abroad before. And I was just as I was kind of nearing this near depression because of my jobs, I was just like, you know what, I want to I want to go abroad again. And uh, my dear friend, her name's Carla, she mentioned that for a long time she'd wanted to teach English in South Korea. And it just was like a little seed that rapidly planted into this like rooted oak tree. And so um, I took a new job. I was like, I'm only going to be here temporarily. Going to get my ass to Korea within a year. And a lot happened in between. But I did it and I got here when I said I was um, and it's been it's been a ride to be sure before getting here and since being here but I am super super happy to do what I do at both of my schools. Um, my situation is really unique because 
I have two schools, number one, that's unique. Number two, I have one class for each grade. So most of my friends, they have maybe six classes of sixth graders and then like three classes of fifth graders. I have at the, cause the schools are so small, right? Like I'm in a town and then I go to these podunk villages that are outside of this town. Um, so I only have one class of third graders, one class of fourth, one class of fifth, and one class of sixth. So I do teach four different grades at both schools and I have one class each. My class sizes range from um, <clears throat> my biggest last year, I think was like 25, sixth grade. And then my smallest was maybe six for third grade. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. What's, yeah. What's crazy is that, so I'm at Myungji, which is my first school, and I have this six six students for third grade and they must go to private schools already to like know English so that class is super fun and I can get like get with them easily but then I go to Unsan my second school and my classroom size for third grade is my second biggest class which I think was 23 students and none of them can speak any English and so it's just it's it's a day-by-day thing here but uh yeah yeah wow um, well, first of all, I'll give you mad kudos for being able to do that and recognizing that that wasn't the career path for you and jumping over. Um, I remember talking to you when you were trying to figure out the logistics of everything and you weren't sure if it was going to work. So I'm really happy to hear that um, you were able to make it over there and you're doing what you wanted. Yeah, girl. Thanks. It's <laughs> it's I, I hear from other people that it's not common to just kind of like follow your your gut like that and I'm really thankful that I was able to and that I had like a support system in place of friends and family to kind of help me and support me to get here I'm very fortunate in that yeah so what does that look like um right now teaching with COVID because I know you did leave and then the pandemic hit right after shortly yeah, I got here. So you remember like the initial breakout of COVID? We had the Wuhan, but then there was a big one in South Korea. Um, I got here kind of just as that was dying down. So that was one thing that was uncertain about me coming. Like I had to keep messaging my recruiter like, hey, um, <laughs> am I still coming? <laughs> like, can, 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 is it still okay for me to come? And they're like, yeah, you're fine. Don't worry about it. Um, so I got here and... I mean, thank God that, like, there were two other girls that arrived here with me. So I met them kind of, like, as we were figuring out all of our, um, you know, immigration crap. Um, So thank goodness I had at least two people to meet because then I don't think I came to school. I stayed home. I was supposed – so I arrived February 29th on a leap year. So in four years will be my first year anniversary. (laughs) (laughs) But – I arrived on February 29th and I was supposed to, if everything's chill, start teaching on March 1st. Like literally the day after I get here, I'm supposed to just be thrown into a classroom. But because of COVID, the students weren't in school. And because it was like, you know, high time for COVID then, I was actually told to just kind of stay home for two weeks. And me and the two other girls, one of them was uh, American and then the other one is uh, Welsh, we didn't really kind of understand, you know, like the mindset in America versus South Korea of what COVID is, is very, very different. Um, So we were just kind of walking around, everywhere was empty, nobody was anywhere. And like, I'd walk around without my mask sometimes, like, oh, whatever, it's fine. Like, there's nobody around. Now I realize I feel like I'm committing a grave sin if I like step outside of my door without a mask. 
(laughs) But yeah, so we were alone for the first two weeks and then I was required to go into my school, still no students. Um, And so I, it's called desk warming in the English teacher trade um, where you're required to go to school, but you don't do shit. You just sit at your desk the whole time. Um, Watched a lot of YouTube. (laughs) Yeah, got real into YouTube, y'all. Um, uh, that show Hot Ones is my saving grace. Um, I don't think I've seen that. Oh my. No, me either. You don't think you've seen that? Oh, girls, girls, girls. Um, that is such a good show. Um, all right. Noah, we're watching next. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like that show is so funny. Um, but anyhow, so I, uh, I don't even know when the kids started to come to school. I must've been desk warming for at least one month maybe two months like I don't think they came until maybe April Um, wow yeah and so I wasn't even going to my second school at this point I was only going to my first school and my first school original English classroom is just out of sight out of mind for the rest of the school so I didn't even talk to anyone at my school because I would just eat lunch by myself I was told to bring my lunch nobody would come and talk to me because I'm in this village in Korea nobody speaks English and I don't right. speak. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So I think for the first one or two months, I didn't speak to anyone at that school. Nobody, except for my manager. Wow. My manager would sometimes come in. Um, and then as it started coming time, I think it was maybe April that the students finally started to come in. I said to my manager, I was like, hey, through text, of course, because he thinks he can speak English, but Lord, he cannot uh, so I just text him he always tries to like text like call me and speak to me and he's just sitting there stuttering and I'm like I'm going to text you um, but yeah so I asked him I was like hey like can I have a meeting with the other teachers like because you see what's supposed to happen is um, I'm supposed to have a co-teacher a majority of public school teachers in Korea and I mean like 98% of public teachers in Korea have what's called a co-teacher, someone who may speak English, but will at least help you with your classroom and with the students, helping discipline them, helping play games. I don't have that um, at Myungji. And so I have these classes on my own, but I didn't really understand what that meant. There were homeroom teachers. And so I didn't know what was going on. So I just asked to have a meeting with them and I just realized they were all useless and I was gonna have to figure out everything on my own. So these students come in and I'm also just playing catch up of like what's cool for COVID and what's not. Um, so everyone's wearing masks. The students would sit at their desks. Um, and, I, you know, like I'm not, I've never had much experience with kids, but they're so dang cute. I just want to <laughs> hug them all. <laughs> like just like squeeze them until their heads pop off. But like, I was like, you know, I probably shouldn't touch anybody. <laughs> Oh, that's I am so just, true. I am so impressed. Okay, so you moved to a foreign country mm-hmm. where you don't speak the language mm-hmm. and the middle of a pandemic and a job where you didn't even know where you were going to be. Um, so I'm just so impressed. But it really does sound like you did your research. Like, I'm very impressed in how much you know of the teaching system over there. Um, but I'm just – what still has me hung up is how are you teaching English without – speaking much of the language yeah like how does that work when you don't speak Korean either and like have you picked up any of that language since you've been there (laughs) oh absolutely um so thankfully oh this is girls you want to hear something crazy okay (laughs) lay it on (laughs) thankfully there are English textbooks now these textbooks are for the students 
And then there is a teacher guide. There's a teacher guide book. And then there is a CD. Now, the CD walks through the textbook. But you know what is? Oh, so frustrating. Is that this <laughs> country has an entire government system to bring native English teachers to this country to teach them English. But their English textbooks are in Korean for Korean teachers. That makes, yeah, what? Very little sense. <laughs> yeah, a lot of crap here makes very little sense. So, and what's even worse is that the students' books, there's no words in them. It's only pictures. <laughs> yeah! What? It's, it's insane. So here I am trying to figure out how to use this textbook and use the CD. And there are, like, online forums that um, we call each other NETS, Native English Teachers, N-E-T-S, <clears throat> that um, nets have created that are a huge help um, but I mean when you're first getting here and you don't know anything it is really difficult so I kind of just uh, started open well first I realized that a majority of the students couldn't write the ABC so I spent the first kind of week or two trying to get them to learn the ABCs mind you there was a teacher before me but this school is just so bad that I knew they needed yeah. a refresher um but yeah so so are there mm. sorry you can go ahead um but this is Myungji Myungji I'm figuring all of this out alone thankfully at Unsan the school I'm at two days a week I do have a co-teacher he was a science teacher Monday Wednesday Friday and then my co-teacher Tuesday and Thursday so he was in the classroom with me at all times and because you know he was Korean and he spoke pretty good English he and the textbook was the same setup, so he helped me kind of learn what the heck was in the textbook CD. So basically, my classes are just me walking through the textbook CD. So as I was teaching them the ABCs, I was just kind of like survival learning how to use the textbook CD so that I could then apply that at Myungji. Because um, if I didn't have, his name was June, if I didn't have June, I would have been lost at sea but thankfully I did have a co-teacher for two days a week that helped me greatly with my students at the other school how has your relationship with the kids specifically been especially you know from the start to now I'm sure there's been a lot of changes but what is it like with the kids themselves <sighs> um it's really interesting you know because there is that language barrier um and what's difficult for me as an individual in this thing is that, you know, typically, especially what Korea thinks of when they think of NETS, native English teachers, is they think of it basically being like day camp for the kids. Like the English teacher just kind of entertains them and plays games and is crazy. And um, I hate games. <laughs> like not even just in like an English teacher way, like board games. I have I just, for some reason, someone starts telling me instructions to something and my brain shuts down and I'm like, I don't care. I don't want to learn this. <laughs> um, so I am a very different teacher to these kids than I think what they've had in the past and also what I think the school was expecting of me. I like to do, you know, grammar lessons and the English books are clearly written by non-native English speakers. So sometimes I have to like correct the lessons and invent my own in lesson. Um, so it's been kind of hard for me to bond with the kids because I'm not this super fun, bubbly person. Like I am to like my friends and everything, but as a teacher, like I want to be a serious teacher and I really want these kids to learn something and to feel something. Mm -hmm. Um, 
so Arunsan, it's been okay because there are more kids that one thing that's big about Korea is that they're called hagwans. They're basically private schools. So in America, you go to public school, you go home, you do your homework, you go to sports or whatever. In Korea, you go to school and then you go straight to your hagwan for like five hours. Um, and you just are basically getting private tutoring um, for whatever subjects. And a lot of these kids go to hagwans. But of course, this depends on who can afford it. So there's that clear um, inequality gap in the students that I notice. My students at Unsan are closer to Sosan and in more of a city, so a lot more of them afford Hagwans. Um, so I can speak to some of them. I mean, there is the help of my co-teacher to kind of bond with them, but I'm able to kind of speak and have minimum conversations with them to kind of bond. Um, but at Myungji, it has just been, it was mainly me trying to discipline them when we don't speak the same language because these students I don't know if it's poverty I don't know I don't know what it is but they have issues a lot of these students um and so there's a lot of behavioral issues that I have my third grade and my sixth grade phenomenal love them great classes my fourth grade and my fifth grade I, my red my eyes just go red um, because and it's something I'm going to ask for different this year. Those teachers, those homeroom teachers were just, they're inept. They are not, they don't, they don't respect me. They don't, anyways. So for fourth and fifth grade, it was really hard because I was just trying to discipline them and have like a civil classroom a majority of the time. But with third grade, they were cute as all get out. So I could really bond with them. <laughs> With sixth grade, they were smart and their homeroom teacher was competent and amazing. He kind of ran it like a military, like they, he was great and fun. And that's the thing is like with structure, these kids have the freedom to have fun. When there's not structure, a lot, every single student suffers because in my fifth grade, oh my God, there are some students who have severe ADHD or have problems at home and are acting out at school. And I'm slowly, very slowly trying to like bring them to my side because one thing that I think is so important as a teacher is to feel seen. So mm -hmm. there was one kid, I haven't learned any of their names because learning their names is like learning a new vocab word for me. <laughs> yeah, so true, yeah. wow. But this year I'm gonna try to change that. But I do know one kid's name because all the other students were always screaming it to tell him to like shut up and sit down his name was Taeon, but when you speak a name in korea it always has a particle after it so to get somebody's attention it'd be like ah so it was Taeona. so i would always just be like Taeona, Taeona, and like because he just was a fucking menace um yeah but one thing that i did was on fridays i do word search days so if we've come to the end of a chapter, I'll just pass out a word search. And I liked to put on the TV. Um, there's this great YouTube channel, C-E-R-C-L-E. -E, it's Circle. Um, I think they're Fran France, French, France-based. Um, <laughs> I don't know what it is, but they are DJs. And, um, or they love DJs. And so it'll be just a DJ in this beautiful setting. Like um, my favorite one is he's in hot air balloons, I think that are in Turkey. And he's just doing this beautiful set with like the scenery. And so for wow. kids who refuse to do the crossword puzzle or the word search puzzle, I just try to have something like music and a visual so that they can maybe escape somewhere. I don't know. But anyways, so during this, these word search days, Taeon would just be sitting at his desk 
and you know what's crazy about this kid? He he's always fiddling with electronics. So he's a kid that likes to run around the classroom and bang on stuff and say inappropriate things. But if he's fiddling with an electronic in his seat, he is quiet and he is focused. So I was like, I know he's a good kid. I know it's there. I just have to connect with him. So what I started to do is rather than like kind of walking around the classroom and like just, I don't know, working with the kids on the word search or just sitting at the desk and doing the word search on my own because I love word searches, (laughs) I started to um, sit with him. And I'd just be like, okay, Tayana, come on, we can do this. Like, kati haza, like, let's do this together. Like, kati haza. Um, and it worked. It freaking worked. The kids started to do the crossword puzzle with me. What I would do is, like, if he couldn't find a word and I had already seen it, I would make, like, a big square and be like, okay, in here. And then he would look in there and he would find the word. And that worked a couple times. I did that, I think, two or three times with him. And now, oh, my God. Um, one of maybe within the last two months of school, he was just sitting in the back, just like sitting behind the kid, just like fucking with his backpack. And I was like, Tana, what are you doing? And he was just like, Bleh. so then I went down there <laughs> and like I kneeled down and I looked at him and I was like, sit down, please, like in your seat, sit down, please. And he was like, way, which is like, why? And I don't know, they can kind of understand what I'm saying. So I was like, he wants to learn you and I'm doing this with like hand gestures and I'm like you distract him so he can't learn and I said I want you to learn too so sit down please and he was like nay and then he went back to his seat and I was like he's listening to me wow that's a breakthrough I know that they say too that like the majority of conversation is body language I, I don't know the exact stats, but do you find that that is true sometimes that you can just communicate sometimes with body language? Cause I know where I used to work, one of our employees only spoke Spanish and half the times it was like a little charades kind of going on between us. Um, so I just want to get your take on that. Oh, I'm absolutely. Absolutely. Um, these kids wouldn't know how from here if I didn't use my body language. Um, it's, a saving grace, truly, um, especially when disciplining, like just pointing to your eyes or making crazy hand gestures. Um, yeah. See, and you say you don't like games, yet you play charades almost every day. <laughs> <laughs> That's a valid fact, and you make me angry for it. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe that's why you don't like games maybe. because it's now become your job. <laughs> right. <laughs> maybe. Um, well, I love the connection you made with that kid. And, you know, I think the more time you spend teaching, the more those connections will come. I mean, I feel like it's a kind of a journey. Like you see in movies, like in America, this teacher goes to like a school in poverty and they transform yeah. everything. Like, I feel like that's you. Like freedom writers is what comes to mind. Yeah. And you're literally, like, I want you to learn. And like, honestly, that's a quality that you don't find in all teachers anymore. Like, some people no. just don't care, and it's so, like, nice to see how much you actually care about this. Yeah, and they do say that first year of teaching is always typically the hardest. Yeah. And, I mean, it's just kind of, it ties to, like, my beliefs about the public education system, no matter where you are, which is, I hate it. Um, like, these standardized... <laughs> I believe... Yeah. Like, like, standardized testing, just, like, the crap that we have to learn, like... It's not all of it matters. And what I think is so important about school is learning how to exist and function as a human. And the more caring a child receives, I think the better they are for it. The more, you know, soft skills that they learn, 
Um, I mean, learning math for critical thinking. Yeah, whatever. That works. Sure. I took algebra two for four years because I rigged the school system. Like, I just don't believe in it that much. (laughs) Um, So I just think that the more you can connect with the students, make them feel seen, make them feel heard. Because, I mean, you just think about all these kids that have problems in school and it's like, well, what's going wrong? Nobody is paying attention to them or they're so difficult. So nobody is paying attention to them. I mean, this kid, I'm not kidding you. Like, what just what? For some reason, box cutters are allowed in Korean schools. I don't ask me. Do not question it. I don't know. But this kid would just like. Yeah, you can see Hannah and I's face right now. The look on our faces. Guys, there's a lot of crap like that here that is just mind blowing. So he was just walking around with his box cutter extended. And I was like, what the? I didn't actually say this, but in my mind, I was like, what the fuck? I was like, what do I do? And like, he was being casual. But luckily, the fifth grade teacher was in the room. And I was like, that's all. Um, and then I pointed to the kid and he was like, ah, and I was like, fuck. <laughs> like these kids, like there's always kids on the side with box cutters, just like digging into the con- concrete and they're like, oh, anyways. But yeah, like this kid was wow. crazy, like manic some days. And one day he actually, um, I forget what he did, but he did something really bad one time. And I had to like me, him and his, um, homeroom teacher had to talk about it. And it was so bad. But now that I've paid attention to him and he knows that I care about him, I've said to him so many times, I want you to learn. I've said it to him so many times and he gets it now. Like this kid was a real menace, but because I paid attention to him and I repeatedly not like tried two times, oh, I failed, move on to the next students. No, I have repeatedly tried. This kid feels something and he feels changed. And I just think it's just so important. Kids need nurture. They need discipline so that they can have the freedom to be nurtured. And that's just, that's my soapbox. (laughs) No, I definitely understand that. And it sounds like too, like they say, like negative attention is still attention, Mm -hmm. right? And so it sounds like you were able to give him attention, but in a positive realm. Um, But it definitely sounds like you had a breakthrough. And on that note too, um, are there any like specific highlights of your teaching career or like, a moment that sticks out in your mind that you're like, wow, this was a really good day. Like this was a breakthrough in my moment. Like I meant to be here kind of thing. Um, I mean, definitely just any connection I've had with Taeyeon, that student was great. Um, uh, I don't, I don't know. Like there's been a few, a few minor breakthroughs like that, that I've had with some of the students, but one thing that made me feel really good was, so the sixth grade class at Myungji I spoke about, um, they were, I mean, just angels. They started to get a little crazy to the end, but they spoke a little bit of English. A few of them were fluent, but they were just like good students. And just, there was a 25 class, 25 student class, but I could manage them easily. And we would just have fun and I would always try to make their class fun. And they always knew, I always came to them after fifth grade. So they knew that fifth grade was like an issue. I mean, they knew it was an issue in general, but for me, especially too. But at the end of the year, um, I did my last class with them. And then they all just followed me to my office and just group hugged me. And they were all just like, I have a few notes from them. And Aww. I like wrote on my board some things and just one girl said to me and I thought so she was very fluent in English um and she would come and talk to me a few times and I'm one to like proselytize I'm just like yeah girl like no America's like great but it has its problems and like I would just talk to her about stuff <laughs> and then she stopped coming to see me and I was like oh Holly shut 
up. Just talk about K-pop with your kids. Um, <laughs> but I mean, she would ask me questions and I would answer them. But I'm just like, let me be the wise sage to this young youth. Um, but at, in the end, she said to me, she gave me a note and she gave me a little present. She said to me, you're the best teacher I've ever seen. And I was like, I literally, my knee-jerk reaction was, shut up. <laughs> her eyes got so big. I was like, no, like, you'll have better teachers. But it's just being reacted to like that by that class, that made me think, like, I can have an effect on students. And, you know, because you, it's your first year teaching. You don't know if anybody's going to even like you. So to have that, that was a really meaningful day for me. Yeah, absolutely. That's so sweet. I mean, that's just like the best like justification for how you've been doing more than any like boss's review yeah. or anything could give yeah. you. Um, so on that note, do you have a particularly low point you want to maybe share? Sounds like things can get a little crazy. So whatever you're willing to share. Yeah, um, I mean, just know it's all around nutso sometimes. Um, but probably some of my lowest points, um, I would say fourth grade, fourth grade. So fifth grade is crazy. And this is all Myungji. Like Unsan's pretty like unremarkable. There's some amazing students that I freaking love there. And Unsan is like this beautiful haven of like young teachers that are fine. And like Myungji is just this tight wad place. Um, but that's why I keep talking about Myungji because it's been like the most standout. But so fourth fifth grade was crazy right like just I we had to grab a kid from like standing outside the window because he was gonna like jump or like pretending to like there's just they're crazy oh no but where fifth grade is crazy fourth grade (sighs) fucking brats I fucking hate them man (laughs) (laughs) they're the worst they just oh that teacher too he's the worst too he's just Oh, my skin is crawling thinking about them. Um, <laughs> and uh, my students would, like, change sometimes. Sometimes I'd... Uh, anyways, so a low point with fifth grade. They're just they're just rude. They're mean. It's a class of maybe, uh, maybe 15. Uh, and there's this one girl who's, like, the leader. Ooh, y'all know, like, that mean girl that's the leader, but everybody follows her. <laughs> she rallies all yeah, the Yeah, like, kids. she just, like... Uh, anyways... So there was one day that no matter what I did, they just would not stop. They just wouldn't stop. And there's no, the teacher there, no matter how many times I've asked him to stay in the classroom, he just refused to stay to help me. And so one time I just, I almost lost it. Oh no, I did lose it. Um, So I just, I, yeah, like I've got this, like, you know, you go down to like your diaphragm, you pull your voice from there. Like I didn't. Another level. That's your, you're in trouble, yeah, ooh, voice. girls. My, my, you're in trouble, y'all. Voice just came out. But what's hard is like they don't, they, they don't understand what I'm saying. But I was like, you know what? If you don't know what I'm saying, I'm gonna say a lot. I'm gonna say what makes me feel better, and you're gonna see the emotion that is pouring out of me. So I just like, I like hit because a lot. What a lot of teachers do here, they like hit the board to get the attention, which I try not to do because it hurts my freaking hand. Um, but <laughs> I was just like, yeah, which is like, hey, in Korean, I was like, sit down and listen. And I just stood there and I was like, I just went off on a rant. And like, I was near tears. Like, I was so mad. And I was like, you guys are so bad. I make this class so fun for other grades because they're good. But no, 
you're all horrible and that and I try but I try to do it in very like clipped sentences to have like a different emotion I just got angry and I just then I went to this this like defeatist look like I was just so I was so disappointed and mad and upset um and then I just like walked out of the classroom I was like I'm done for today don't let this happen again be and I would like use key phrases that I know they could say I was just like be good next time be good so that that was when I then sent an email I started to include the vice principal because my manager and these teachers were just useless um and since I started to include the vice principal things got a little easier and I have a whole new plan for this coming year um but one can't wait to hear about it one thing that I kind of because I've been thinking a lot as we're gearing up to go back into school so in America it's like the start of the school year is in September here or August here the start is in March so I've just been trying to think about like what did I learn last year and that low point like just feeling that bad and I had to have a moment like that with fifth grade too like just feeling that bad I was like why the school doesn't care I'm just here to like take up time and maybe teach try to teach them English like the school doesn't care why do I need to feel so bad if these students are so bad I need to not shoulder this responsibility because they don't expect it's not even like they don't expect me to they just don't care so one thing I'm going to try to do this year is just try to just keep calm if things are going bad I can't take it personally I can't get mad about it I just have to ride it out as best as I can. And um, I'm going to include the teachers more this year. That was, I'm going to send out an email and have some discussions tomorrow. Um, tomorrow is when I meet all the new teachers. So hopefully the shit teachers have left. I learned that tomorrow. We'll see. <laughs> you can, can only hope. One can, can only hope. Yes. But that's really good to have. Um, that was really good. It's just really good you have, um, you know, yeah. a plan for how to improve and to like really know. I don't know. It takes a lot to be like, right, here is where I'm flawed. And this is how many are better, you know, not everyone can recognize that. Um, but yeah, I'm kind of curious. I know that you were like really thrown into things when you got there. So I imagine there is some culture shock. And I'm just curious what you experienced. I know you said you lived abroad before. So did that prepare you anymore? And I don't know, is there like any stigma about being American? Because I feel like in a lot of countries, you know, you're experiencing, to an extent, like a type of discrimination or like judgment because you're American. So you want to talk about any of that mm, stuff? There's a lot and there's nothing to that. Um, <laughs> um, so where I lived abroad before um, was France. I was lucky enough to study abroad there for eight months back in college. Um, and being an American in France, I mean, any man on the street that would hear me speak would look at me and go, American? And I'm like, we and then he's like Miami New York I'm not kidding you how many times I had old men shout that crap Uh, um and also wow also just love your French angry French (laughs) so much um but it's crazy too because when I was in France I was there 2015 to 2016 so you know the Trump election so every single person I'm not kidding you nobody missed it anybody I met while I was living in France as soon as they learned I was American. So Trump, tell me about Trump. Blah, 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 constantly. I had the same thing in Australia when I studied abroad there too. Like they were more engrossed in American politics and Trump than their own politics. Yeah, no, literally same thing in London. I think we must have all studied abroad at the same time. Oh, really? Seriously, it's 
all I got was like your opinion on Trump. What do you think of Trump? Trump, Trump. Like, yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's crazy, right? Like just everyone just and then I had to sit there and explain like, yeah, he's awful, but like I understand why he exists. Like I come from the South and I get it. So then I was having to act as like Trump is bad and you know America doesn't really like. Oh, anyways, that's a whole girls. We could have a whole glass of wine about that. Um, <laughs> so in France, I definitely had this unique American experience. But in Korea, um, okay, so what's interesting about Korea is that it's a very, let's see if I can get this word right, homogenous society. So hmm. everyone looks Korean. And the foreigner, like foreigner, not American, the foreigner population <clears throat> of Korea, I'm pretty sure, it used to be like 2%. It might have climbed since then, or probably decreased since because of COVID, but you, unless you're in a capital like Seoul, like my town, I get stared at constantly, especially in my villages. I might be the first foreign people, some of these old people I've ever seen in real life. And I actually dated somebody wow. um, a couple months ago, and I was the first foreigner he had ever spoken to. Um, so wow. you don't really get singled out as an American so much as a foreigner here. And Yes, the xenophobia. So xenophobia is um, racism against people outside of your country, basically. Like racist is like against the color of your skin. Like as long as you don't look Korean, so as long as you're out of this country, you receive discrimination here. Absolutely. Um, I have experienced, it's not a daily issue, but it is something that pops up in the weirdest places. Um <clears throat> For example, when I first got here, me and a friend that I had made, we joined this gym that's right near me. Uh, but then we had another COVID breakout and they put a sign on the front door that said no foreigners in English. It said no foreigners. Whoa, that's yeah. actually and pretty so crazy. So my friend, went, she's the top to raise cane. So she went in there and just started you just going off. And she speaks a little bit of Korean. Um, and she was like, they were like, they tried to say, no, no, it just means no day passes. It's like, okay, well, why isn't there a sign in Korean saying no day passes? And why isn't there just a plain sign that says in English, no day passes? And as she's having this screaming fight right. with this person, um, a Korean comes in and buys a day pass. And they're like, well, you have a membership here, so it's okay. So this um, gym pulled this crap, and we haven't been a part of that gym now. Like, Luckily, our membership was ending, so we're just like, okay, bye. Um, but I've actually heard through the grapevine that there's another foreigner who's going there and she, every single time she has a membership, but every single time she has to front fight with the front staff being like, I have a membership. I'm not buying a day pass. Um, so there's things like that. Oh Lord. I mean, yeah, there's a lot of stories. There's one really big story, but I feel like that one was just the best one to go through. Um, so the, the xenophobia is definitely yeah. strong here. Um, but it's 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 such an odd thing because this culture is incredibly kind and giving um and i've managed to make um some good friends but i mean there's also so i guess to speak to the culture shock so living in france right that's or london or australia even like that's close enough to american culture right to where it's not so crazy like your biggest culture shock might be like the food that they eat right um but I'm in Asia now, and it, and I always knew Asia was just like a whole new world, um, and 
there are sometimes like just like the basic way of thinking sometimes just blows my mind um so one thing because and you'll hear a lot of people who've like lived in asia they might have um talked about this asian culture is based upon confucianism and humiliation so what they do they do it so that they don't humiliate themselves or their family um it's like a shame culture and i forget what it is there's some like the western cultures are something different but anyway so that kind of provides a different way of thinking in how they speak to each other so like you can't question anybody you can't question authority the one time i tried to question a really stupid decision my principal had made at myungji that affected my work day and i said to my manager i was like i don't i don't like this this wasn't smart i don't want to do this and then the way my manager just kind of like short-circuited and almost exploded because i was like have a meeting with the principal i want to talk to her like he was just like you can't do that no program here to do like <laughs> yeah not and but then there's also like not only do you question decisions you cannot ask questions or if you do ask questions it's like why so here's what i knew about my school my contract before moving here i knew that i was at myungji and i could see on the map where myungji was but i saw that myungji was on a little peninsula in bfe and i was like okay well am i living in myungji or am i like living in because i heard that like long commutes happen or am i living like in sosan this little town that's like kind of south of it so i literally knew that i was working in myungji and that's it so then i go to my recruiter who's korean and i was like hey can i have some more info um where will i be living and they're like sosan and i was like sick okay um am i living like in an apartment when exactly will i be living in there like whatever just i just tried asking questions and she was like giving me just the bare bones answers and you know i didn't know that i had a second school until i was in my coordinator's car on my way there she was like okay today we're visiting your second school and i was like what she goes yeah you have a two schools and i was like excuse me I didn't know this. And she said, well, we're going there now so you can meet them. And I was like, are you kidding me? And there's like a lot of people that, that crap like this has happened to where it's just, you're given the barest of information. And I guess they're just the type to just fly in the wind. I don't, I don't even, I don't understand it, but you just have, you just can't ask for more information because they think it's weird and you just kind of have to take what's given to you. Yeah, that's really interesting. It sounds like, and well, on that note too, and everything that you've been through, is there any advice that you would give somebody who wants to do what you've done or kind of like in a similar situation of teaching English abroad? Learn to be flexible. You got to bend over backwards with your right leg in the air and your left arm out to the left. Like, I don't know, man, you just have to learn to climb through here. Uh, it's just every day is something new and you never know what's happening um and it's it's a joyous experience as long as you can be flexible there have been some times where i and I, deservedly as well where i just didn't want to flow with the wind because it wasn't good for my circumstance um so but you have to also learn to just like go with the flow you just have to because you never know what's gonna happen um and also just 
but do it with caution. I've gotten into myself into some hairy situations outside of school by just kind of going with the flow. Um, but yeah, yeah good yeah. to know. Good to know. Um, but fo- just follow your gut and keep yourself grounded. Know your emergency point of contact within the country and just go with it. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, is this like a long-term career path you're thinking for yourself? Yeah, I think so. Um, I do not see a life for me in America right now. I want to wait two presidents from now when socialized healthcare is like really a thing and then I'll return um, because I do have health insurance over here. Um, and so I don't know. I, I want to explore. I love cultures. I love seeing how different cultures act and you know the coolest thing to me in the world is that okay so the three of us are sitting at a bar okay and we look at a napkin that's sitting at the bar I could look at that napkin and think ew that looks like it's been used as a wrinkle Hannah could be like man that'd be a great napkin to like take a note on Tori could be like you know I think I'm gonna need that napkin I'm gonna pocket it the same napkin the same situation three different minds look at it and think something different. And to me, that's just the coolest freaking thing in the world. And so my, I don't know, I just want to explore and think that, see how other people see the world and just kind of explore that. And so I'm starting in South Korea. The plan originally, and it will be post COVID, is to then kind of bop around Asia, see maybe where I want to go next after, I think I'll probably do five years in Korea. I hear Vietnam is like paradise for English teachers. Um, maybe Thailand. I had a friend who went there and then I would love to go to the Middle East. I want to see Islamic architecture. Like, I don't know. I just kind of want to bop around for the foreseeable future. That's awesome. Good for you. And actually, um, a while ago, like when I was first out of college before I did my master's and I was kind of thinking about teaching English in Vietnam. So yeah, I have also heard that Vietnam is a very good place yeah. to teach English. Um, but so is there anything else you want to share? Anything about your career, the path, or you want people to follow you on Instagram, your yeah. website, like whatever anything you want. Um, you know, one thing that I will say, as off the cuff as my lifestyle may seem and my career choice is, I do want to stress upon people, especially people who want to travel abroad. I make ridiculous bank here so but what I mean by that is that I can save so much money so I'm not just out here willy-nilly and not thinking about my future so one thing that I want to promote to anybody who wants to kind of pursue this lifestyle is make sure you think about your savings plan and where you want your savings to go so I have um a rollover brokerage 401k that was left over from my um my two my one job and I still contribute to that. I also have, Ooh, this is a plug because then you can get my link and I can get money. So L vest E E L start over E L L E V E S T.com. It's investing for women centric. That's very women centric. It's by Sally Krawcheck. Um, and so it's an investing platform for women that they can be robo investors or you can be as involved as you want to be. Um, but it's just helping women have more power with their money. 
Um, and there's someone that I followed them for a while. They were a startup. And as soon as I saw Serena Williams go in on them, I was like, cool, I'll go in. Um, so they're one place that I, they're another place that I'm putting my money. Um, and just, I just strongly encourage, like, I'm not going to be traveling Asia for 10 years and then come back to America, like broke, right? Like I want to come back and start my own business maybe. And I'm exploring those options, but just don't just go willy nilly. Think about the long term. think about your retirement. Um, and just make sure that you're set up. You're always set up for your next step. That's like, that's just my biggest thing. Yeah, that's great advice. Um, and one of the things that I've appreciated about you doing this podcast is that you have kept it so real. Seriously. So yeah. I really apologize. No apology. I, apology. <laughs> I really applaud that. Yeah. what I was going for. I really apologize oh, that I can't be you. <laughs> but seriously, that's awesome. I can't wait to see like what you do next and where you go. It's all so exciting. I mean... You're living the dream and just doing what you want. Like, dang, <laughs> left that corporate world. Yeah, but it's nice to see that as much as you're chasing your dreams and you're acting, like, with your heart, you're also mm-hmm. very clearly acting with your head. Mm-hmm. Like, planning for your future, like we, you just said. So it is nice to see and have our listeners hear that there can yeah, be it, a balance. it absolutely like, it can, can be. be. You just have to be smart. And I'll say, if any, because I do post a lot of updates on Instagram. If anyone wants to follow me on Instagram, first follow Wait Why, po- Wait Why Podcast, because I'm not just going to accept willy-nilly people. I am on private, but if I see that you're following <laughs> Wait Why, then I'll accept um, my uh, handle is Holly's Fancy, H-O-L-L-Y-S-F-A-N-C-Y, and that's fancy as in Jane Austen, fancy as Mr. Darcy, not she is fancy. I just have to make that dis- <laughs> distinction. <laughs> I love that though. That's awesome. And we'll link mm-hmm. the website that you mentioned and we'll post your Instagram handle in the show notes. Yeah. I think honestly, Holly, you did a better plug than we could have for ourselves. <laughs> yeah. So. Dang. That was nice. But you know, if you guys also want to like review, rate, subscribe on Apple podcasts, follow on Spotify, wherever you listen, that's all cool too. Um, and yeah, stay tuned for the next of the career series. Um, thank you, Holly. This was awesome. Thanks, yeah, thank you loved so much. I loved it. We'll talk to you soon.